Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Axon Bulletin on this Monday, uh, the Monday after the season has finished, and I think we can, I, I think we can all say thank in the name of Mary Joseph and the wee man that the season has finished, and we can all move on. As usual on the Monday, I'm joined by Russell Boyce. Boyce, how are you today? I'm good, my man. I'm very well, thank you. And Tony Haggerty. Hey, Tony, you're in the mothership today. How are you getting on? I'm good, I am in the, the, the Don Curly Whirly seat, you know what I mean? I'm feeling good, you know? I feel like the Godfather. I'll be 
issuing out instructions later. Yes, yes. <laughs> are, are, are you are you the sniper the sniper today? Are you are you going to be on sniping duties in the comments? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if my aim's that good. I've got four eyes like you, Kevin. You know what I mean? So I'd probably be off target. Yeah. I only need these for reading. That's all I need. Ah, I, only, well, I, only need I only need these for reading. <laughs> Obviously, the title of today's show is Good Riddance to 2020-2021. The time for rebuilding is now. And you would think that. And after the last week, Celtic, I mean, Celtic, the Celtic PR department's probably thanking themselves for some of the scenes that have happened in Glasgow over the weekend because it's took the heat off them a little bit. Last week, Celtic held two meetings. One with fans organisations and one the the fans forum for individual uh, fans to actually attend. Now I, I went to the fans forum on on Thursday night. It was by Zoom. Uh, Paul was there, and also so was uh, De- Declan McConville from a Celtic state of mind. And this question: the time for rebuilding is now. I've actually got a bad feeling after being in that meeting that uh, we don't know what direction that we're going. Um, it was one of the worst meetings I've ever been I've had attended in my life, and they, they spoke this season. They spoke this season about entitlement, the Celtic support feeling entitled about success. I saw an executive committee sitting in that room who thought they were they were just entitled to take our money and for us to shut up, put up, and move on, and. They can't underestimate us because that's not going to happen. You look at the reaction that those two meetings have have had online and with people that were there, there was a shock and disbelief. Now Paul had a go at me for saying flabbergasted uh, when I was when I when I said my bad at the meeting. I can, I can I can actually safely say flabbergasted was not the F word I wanted to use. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I've been I've been to dozens of these meetings, lads, and this was the first one. Really, I actually got an unbridled rage. I was fuming at the way that we were being spoke to, and the way we, we I mean we were basically being asked to turn up, pay our money. Rangers are quite good now, so just give us your money, and we might buy some decent players with it. There was nothing there. This executive committee had no intention of offering the Celtic support any sort of discount from this season. They hoped that we would just go away. They they would hope that we could just go, we'll just put the season tickets out for sale again and nobody will actually mention anything. Now this, it's meant to be a consultation period, was rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. They've had to put these two meetings in because there was a statement the week before to say, introduce Don Mackay, this and that. And they said, I were going to consult. Season tickets, the campaign for season tickets should have been done weeks ago. But what's actually quite clear from this meeting that there's no any PR done. There's no advertisements because the PR department, Kerry Keenan and that, were asking people to email them their Celtic story to be involved in the sale of season tickets. I'm I'm six weeks away from my first direct debit coming off. Six weeks away from my first direct debit coming off. And it's quite clear there is no plan in place whatsoever. 
every one of these. What I actually says to the executive committee when I got my chance to speak was, I'm actually shocked and appalled that they're sitting there with nothing to put forward to the Celtic support. To ask the Celtic support, what do you want us to do? For me, that's unforgivable. Tony, what do you think? Well, you know what I think? Because I alluded to that only an excuse sketch, which someone <laughs> someone kindly put up, and you commented on it as well, Kevin. And, it, and the more things change, the more things stay the same. Mm-hmm. They would have been as well saying that, wouldn't they? The statement reads as follows. You know, uh, it's no our fault, go away, mind your own business, we are mere custodians, give us money. I don't think you could be any more succinct in, in a jocular fashion, but actually there's many a true word spoken in jest. And you've just hit an nail on the head there. There is no plan moving forward. The, that meeting should have been able to tell the Celtic supporters something, i.e. a new manager or allude to a new manager. Spell it out, kind of. You know, but as you said there, you come away from that meeting and you're raging, you're angry. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what those guys have made you feel. They've not made you feel that re- reinvigorated. We've had a terrible season, but we're going to go again and we're going to do X, Y and Z. They've made mm-hmm. you more angry about what's, what's, for, what's came before. I mean, it's virtually impossible to do that. But they've managed it, they found a way. I, I'm, I'm, I was wanting to give the Celtic, the Celtic Executive Committee the, the benefit of the doubt. We do everything like behind. We don't we don't shout about what we're doing. But for them to come to this meeting, two meetings, not just one meeting, two meetings, and seemingly the one with the supporters or uh, organisations was even worse than the one that I was at, <laughs> <laughs> judging by the reports that I'm actually getting for guys who attended that. You talk about a car crash meeting. This was a pilot meeting, seemingly. <laughs> And nobody came out of it well. Nobody actually came out of it well. And when you have a look at that, you go, you just haven't got a clue. I was giving you the benefit of the doubt that you were working away diligently in the background. And basically you've been sitting there going, they'll give us our money anyway. Don't worry about it. We'll just sit here and we'll shut up. And the minions will just walk up. The peasants will walk up and give us the money because they just want to beat Rangers. And Rangers are quite good and we might buy some decent players. Russell, what's your thoughts? Um, well, it's disappointing that you obviously I agree with what Tony's saying, same as it ever was. I think I'd put on Twitter or whatever. But I mean, the difference is with this time was it was the start of a fresh chance where obviously Don Mackay's presence at it. I kind of wanted to find out what your sort of take on him, having been there, Kev, was on Don Mackay first and foremost, because to me, he was the sort of difference maker in the past era to the new one. And to find out that albeit he's only been in the job a short spell of time, for the meetings to have been described as car crashes still is just a wee bit concerning. What sort of input did he have at the meeting? Or was he more of a, you know, on the, you know, sort of in a back seat or was, was Don McKay kind of front, left and centre of this? What's the score? He was front, left and centre of this meeting. Um, he did... Okay. When he got when he got it, Brian Wilson, I missed the start. Of it. I must admit, I missed the start of this meeting because I was still working. But right. but Paul was on on Friday and he told you about the start of the meeting. So I miss Brian Wilson actually telling us eh, we had to look at the positives of this season. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> I'm actually quite glad I missed that because I probably would have got angrier before. I actually ended up getting angry. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so so. 
I missed the start and I just kind of joined it when I introduced Don Mackay and, and he came round and he started speaking about not the future, just that he's been what he's been doing since the start, since he's been shadowing Peter Wall. Yeah. And, and look, it's very difficult to get a feel for a person over Zoom. Yeah. Or, or Microsoft Teams, whatever it was. It's very difficult. But I've just I've just heard a whole, a whole load of cliches that I heard that I've heard Peter Wall speak for seventeen years. That's what I heard. I exempted Dominic Mackay because I don't think it's fair, right? But the only thing I said he should take ownership of was the noisy neighbours, mm-hmm. because I thought that lacked professionalism, right? But I've exempted Dominic Mackay from anything to do with this season, including these meetings. He was just kind of saying hello. And if people are not impressed, then he's kind of inherited a situation and hopefully yeah. he will make it better, right? But the, the lack of professionalism in calling Rangers the noisy neighbours annoyed me. You know, and then people were getting annoyed at me for flagging that up. But you have to conduct yourself with some decency and decorum when you're in those situations because you are going on to represent Celtic at the highest possible level on the Celtic board and represent the fans. That's what I was driving at. No, no, you're quite right. It's the same with Peter Wall's um, Rory Bremner clip, clip at the, the AGM. That shouldn't have been happening at yeah. that level. It shouldn't have been happening at that level. And, like, what what really got me, and again, what you're saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge Don Bacay on that. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to judge him on that meeting. He's came in there, introduced himself, knowing full well that he can't tell us. Yeah, exactly what's going on. I understand that, but the, the noisy neighbour stuff. It was a whole load of chief executive David Brent cliche stuff that we've all been in meetings and we've all heard before. But I'm not going to judge Don Mackay on that meeting. I'm going to judge him what he does next. Yeah, yeah. Because when I was sitting having a look at that executive board there, it's like it's jobs for the boys. It's like a Masonic bowling club for Celtic. For, for Celtic. <laughs> but that's probably an insult to Masonic bowling clubs because they've probably run far better in this shower than they proved in that meeting. <laughs> I, probably, I can't, I can't, probably get more money. <laughs> <laughs> Pro, probably. Probably. But before I go into my, my, my right point, they were having a go about communication. They were, have, they were having a go about communication. And the head of the PR department is sitting in the meeting and does not utter a word to counter his department absolutely getting slaughtered. Does not stick his hand up and go, by the way, can I answer that? Sits there silently. Your head of PR sitting and does not say a word while his department is absolutely getting a kicking down the road. For me, he's either sitting there going, I can't answer that because I know it's true, or he's gone, it wasn't my fault, I'm just doing what I was told. So you can put your own spin on it. The the most contentious issue is the added value. (laughs) And it's very clear that they didn't want to give us added value. It's very clear that they, what they basically wanted to do with the added value was kick it down the road and go, I will talk about that later because you might not get back into stadiums next season. So just get, just give us, a, just, just give us a, the, the full money and we'll talk about this at this point next year and we'll forget about it again eh? because we'll just move on. Basically, what actually happened was they went to the floor and the first comment in the floor was, um, I reckon a plant 
the first comment that was taken from the floor, I reckon, was a plant. And basically, this guy says, I didn't care what we're wanting money back for. I didn't care why we didn't want to buy season tickets. I've got money for my six season tickets here. Take my money off me. Please, please, please take my money. And everybody else should be the same. And I was like, right away, my hair's on my back of my neck standing up and that. Then what really set me nuclear was Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson, who was chairing the, chair, chairing the meeting. The ex, um, what's he, uh, Labour MP. He went with that. He went, yes, that's what we like to hear. At that point, I went, this is utterly disgraceful. Uh, a, a Labour MP saying that's what we like to hear give us your money, no questions asked give us your money we didn't want a voice we just want just, just give us it, shut up take, take, take your medicine and move on I was fuming at this, that, that comment I was fuming that they just that, that the guy that was chairing the meeting a Labour socialist MP that was chairing that meeting just wanted us to blindly shut up and accept what we were getting told. What was your thoughts after hearing that? Well, it does sound, I mean, it does sound a wee bit suspect, you know what I mean? That the first person who's, who's speaking is not even remotely challenging the narrative. In fact, is almost gushing over how amazing it's going to be the day that they get to renew the ticket, which, let's be honest, doesn't seem like that is... The, the current mood of the, you know, the whole fan base, let's be honest, I've never heard anyone speaking like that, to be perfectly honest to you at this stage. Um, oh, well, now it's the end of the season, of course, but at that stage of the season um, is what's been a complete disaster. So it is hard to believe that it was genuine. Obviously, it's, you know, it's one of those things we don't know for sure either way. Um, and then I think with the host jumping in like that, it certainly adds to the... There's, a, there's an agenda here that we're trying to push and that is trying to promote the sale of season tickets um, and for him to be jumping in like that. Um, I don't know if you can look at the Labour MP in too deeply. I mean, he surely he's in a different role when he's when he's hosting that. It should only be treated as that when he's doing doing that aspect. I don't know, unless you are an MP 24-7. I don't know. Um, why was he there in the first place if, 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 if you know that's going to come into it? What I actually says to them, Russell... Uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what I actually says to them was look out the right hand window because the way they were sitting they were sitting in the carriage I said look out the right hand window there's a statue there of Brother Walford any decision you make a Celtic football club you should ask what would Brother Walford have done now I understand that some people I understand that's a romantic notion a complete and utterly romantic notion and as Paul says on uh, Friday Dominic Mackay says Celtic in this order, business, football, then charity. For me, that's completely the wrong way around. It's football, charity, then business. Or even charity, football and business. Sorry. That astounded me, Kevin. Completely in the wrong order. My heart sank when Paul John Dyke said that. It really did. And it should sink the heart of every Celtic supporter if that's the way those at the top conduct their business. I've watched two clubs, right? One a big club and one a small club. Act in the way. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Every club should have acted this season with regards to their fans. Motherwell. The, the, the season ticket holders that bought a season ticket last season, it's valid for this season. What a brilliant way to reconnect with your fans. Mm-hmm. What a brilliant gesture. Absolutely fantastic. A club like Motherwell, who need money more than anybody mm-hmm. in, the, in the top 12, right? But no. What an unbelievable gesture, because they've got a CEO that gets it. Alan Burrows gets it. He gets football, he gets fans, he just gets it, right? And Ajax melting their trophy down to give their fans a piece of history, a star, a silver star, I think it was, making them feel included, making them feel important. 40,000 stars they've commissioned because they've got 40,000 season ticket holders. How would you feel to have a bit of that league trophy? You know, it's something back. Again, going back to your romantic notions, OK, Celtic never won anything, but it's your finger on the pulse of the heart of the fans, isn't it? Yeah. It's something back... Some and both of them doing a historical thing. I mean, I want to see that Ajax star. I'd love to see somebody put it up on Twitter and show what it actually is. It it would look absolutely wonderful. But Celtic have offered the fans the square root of nothing, and then then insulted them further by saying, "What's your ideas? What should we give? What should we give you? <laughs> what, what, what should I, they do? I, you, you tell us. You, you tell, know, tell us." You tell and see if you don't see if you don't have aye, if you don't have a plan, if you're not got your finger in the pulse of the heart of the Celtic supporters, Kevin, you've seen it all the time, you're not fit for office. You're not fit for purpose. You shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be representing the very people who put you there. I mean it's astounding. It's flabbergasted. You're right, it's not the right F word, to be honest, but <laughs> it suffices for now because you get flung off air for your actual thoughts. Right. What, what I actually says to them when I actually fed my comments back to them now, what I will actually say, Tony, I mean, when we saw the season was gone pear-shaped in September, we should have melted down the free trophy so nobody else could have got them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's a great shout. We should have melted them all down, eh? What I actually says to them was, look out, you've got a, you've got a statue of Brother Walford there. What, what would he have done? And what he would have done was do what Motherwell have done, do what Ajax have done. There would have been a token of goodwill. Now, people don't want the discount. There will be thousands upon thousands of fans that don't want any, the 50 or £100 discount, whatever they want to give us, right? But there'll be people who need it. Yeah. There will be people who need that £100, whether it's to stop another £100 going on their credit card, whether when they're getting a direct debit at the end of the month, it's £25 off that direct debit, it's a tenner off that direct debit, which will help for electricity, gas, food, whatever. There will be people that need that discount. And, and this, I'm all right, Jack. I can pay for my six-season tickets is no the way a Celtic supporter should behave. He should know. We should at least get the option of having a discount and take a discount if we need the discount. 
See, for uttering those very words, I've got my six season ticket holes and I've got the cash to pay for them. He should have been escorted at the meeting for uttering those words right there and then. Because as you say, that's a lot of money to somebody and it's a lot of money to a lot of Celtic supporters who may be struggling to pay for one season ticket but they're scrimping and scraping together and they've been offered no recompense or no added value or no discount. People genuinely need that. They've come through the, the worst year ever in history almost. You know, one of the worst years, and it's it's something that should have been offered to those that need it and those that wanted to take uptake on a discount should have been able to take it without feeling bad about it. You know, so I I, I can't understand. That's another reason why they're out of touch by offering nothing and just hoping that blind loyalty, just counting on that blind lo- blind loyalty and the money pouring in again, is scandalous. What Sorry, just how does it get to the stage as well where you're at this end-of-season sort of meeting where they then put it to the fans for the idea? Surely, like, because this was talked about at the start of the season, added value. So Mm -hmm. surely you get to a stage during the season where you go, do you know what, we've not got an idea. Let's put it to the fans and we'll come up with something at the end of the campaign. But for the next few months, we'll take ideas in. To be only pitching it at the end of the season that, oh, we're waiting to hear for you, totally subscribes then to what Kev's saying that really there was no plan at all and they were just hoping they could just they could get away with it. That completely uh, uh, blows that out of the water. Do you know what I mean? It means that that is, that's what's occurred because if you realise this is a season that lasts nine, ten months. So if you realise three, four months in, see that added value we spoke about. Has anyone came up, came up with something yet? And everyone's sitting there going, no, no, I've not, I've not. Why don't we ask the supporters? Aye, good idea. If you you only do that if you've got an intention of giving the added value, you know whatever it may be. If you've no intention of it, you brush it under the carpet. You wait till the end of the season thing and hope that there's no Kevin Graham's in the crowd, for example, <laughs> and it doesn't need to come up. And that's what they do. And uh, to then go, oh, we were we're hoping to hear from you. I mean that just tells me that can't be a business decision that they've decided to pitch it to the fans nine months later from the start of the season, ten months later. That is not how any business model works. It doesn't make sense. I've got, I've got these words in my head, ladies and gentlemen, the new Celtic manager, Mr John Hughes. <laughs> oh, no. The Yogi Boss. I The Yogi Boss. But smacking of no plan, if you get what I mean, you know <laughs> The Jellystone, we're all off the Jellystone Park. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Hammy comes in with an interesting point here. I mean, what I, I'll go back before I get to Hammy's point. What I'll go back to actually says, I says to the Celtic, I says to that Celtic executive committee, if you show the Celtic support some goodwill, they will show you goodwill back, and that should be your only decision that you have to make look at Motherwell, right, I know we're on a completely different scale from Motherwell Motherwell have got 4,000 season ticket holders, I'll guarantee my bottom dollar that 3,000 will pay for season tickets because that's what they'll do because Motherwell have showed them that goodwill Um, because that's what happens, if a club shows that they actually care about you enough, you will give them something back now, the, what they actually says was, if they if they gave two hundred pounds off the season season tickets, it would cost you ten point six million pounds. That's what it says. 
So I went, well, if they gave us £100 off the season tickets, this is normal price season tickets, not the concessions of that. That's mm-hmm. £5.3 million. I'm willing to put my hat on, which I heard they got on, <laughs> that if they offered every normal season ticket holder £100, they wouldn't give out £2 million because the majority of people wouldn't take the discount. The people who would take the discount are the people who need the discount. Or the and, they people... be... and they should be offered it, Kev. That's the and point. We should be offered it. We should it, be offered it it. it. it should be an offer that should be made. That's that's that would be an example of added value. <laughs> that 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 should be a given. Uh, and a you know and a, and if you want to take them up on that offer, take it. But as you say, not many would. Not many would. Hammy, I'm coming to Hammy. Uh, Hammy1084 says, Celtic fans not wanting a discount need to ask themselves, what would Celtic do if you were a £100 short? <laughs> they would send you a debt collection agency. That's what you, they would do if you were a £100 short. And that, that that's a way that they actually do work. Russell, what do you think about the discount situation or what do you think added value? I hate the, I hate the term added value. I'm calling it discount. I think the Motherwell example is very interesting because whilst we can always say, I mean, I was amazed when I read it, I'll be honest with you, Um, and whilst it's easy to say they're different scales, surely season ticket money is more crucial in Motherwell than it is even to Celtic because we can make revenue from sponsorship deals, merchandising, and obviously high-value player sales, which are inevitably going to happen this summer. Now, you look at Motherwell being able to do that, and I think you're absolutely right, Kev. What they're doing is, they're, I, I don't want to use the term calling their fans bluff because it's a really generous offer they're making, but what they're doing is they're doing it safe in the knowledge, like you say, a large percentage of them will say, no, do you know what? Thank you for the offer, but I'd rather put my money back into the club. Because you were nice to me, that actually encourages me to do it, and I might actually get one for the Wayne now as well. Something like that, and it'll actually end up only increasing that goodwill and encouraging a, a larger fan base to follow, I think. Now, if they can act like that and they can offer back and we are sitting there with, I don't know what's sitting in the bank, let's be honest, but there's got to be money sitting there. You're talking about £5.3 million if it was a £100 offer to each fan. I think £100 offer to each fan is fair. I think it's something that everyone would appreciate. It's certainly not something the majority would actually end up taking. Um, so if you ring fence five point three million pounds, and let's be honest, they've been good enough at squandering it on absolute rubbish the past couple of years anyway. So you're not even squandering; you're giving it to fans for goodness' sake. Do you know what I mean? Rather than parading vacuum bio for two million of it under green lights like the Hulk, you know what I mean? So use the five point three ring fence it. See how much of it you need. Set a deadline for when you can claim the hundred pound back. And start acting like a, a, a club that you know wants to engage with its supporters again and wants to get back on side, rather than it almost feels like we've well, done nothing wrong. You know, you've just got to keep you've got to keep doing your part and we do ours. The fact is, their their part in everything this season has been seriously called into question, and it's time for them to recognise that and to change their ways slightly and try and build this sort of the, the bridges that need to be built. You're buying goodwill. You'll get it all back. You give them a hundred pound, they'll spend it in the shop. They'll spend it on merch. So yep. it's it's a total and utter no brainer. You, you it's just the gesture. It's as I, I get back to to say you've got your finger on the pulse of the heart of the fans. Show them something. 
Show them that you care. Show them that you understand. And show them that you want them. That you actually want them. You don't yep. just see them as cash cows, you know, or, or as non, non-persons. Or customers, I hate that word, customers. Supporters, they're fans. You know, treat them like such. Correct, Tony. And that's, you want your club to do morally what's right. And yeah. offering something back is morally right in a, in a pandemic year. It is right. David Kelly comes in on the comments and he says, a discount for what? Losing the title. Would people even mention this if we won the league? I think we would. Because it was brung up last June and it was brung up again at fans' meetings all during the year. Um, look at the terms and conditions. Sorry, but anybody expecting money back, uh, did they read them? Look, Celtic changed the terms and conditions. And as Tony points it out, it's, it's wanting your club to do the right thing and not just be a bland, faceless corporate entity. And well, exactly. Who's, who's treating you like absolute rubbish. I, th- I think uh, if it comes down to terms and conditions, then that's then going to what Tony said. That's now customer, not supporter. That's how you're being treated if we're going down that road. It goes back. This go- goes back to Hammy's comment, and and I've says this a number of times. I didn't see the PLC as Celtic Football Club. I see I see the PLC as somebody I have a transaction with. I have a I have a financial transaction with Celtic uh, with Celtic PLC. The, the PLC didn't represent me. The, the, the Guys like yourselves and and the supporters clubs and that who actually have still got the Celtic core ethos at heart represent me. The PLC are nothing. What I saw in that room on Thursday night was entitlement. Was nothing but entitlement that they expect us to turn up and give them money. And the worst, and, and they the won't do anything. Yeah. Sorry, Tony, on you go. Oh, go on, Kev, sorry. Uh, they, they just want us to turn up and give them money. It's like the old board blinkers were there, and that's only if I, that's only if I can compare it to. And, and the thing as well, PLC equals BFC, Business Football Charity. That's That should be their mantra. And Celtic supporters should railroad, ag- Celtic should railroad against that, the, the real hardcore fans, because PLC isn't a BFC, you know what I mean? Well, CFC... And we should be, we should be. What did you say, Kev? Charity football business. Charity football, football but by football. Oh, football charity business. That in that order, you know. And that's what it should be, you know. But I, I just it, you another example of how they've lost their heart and soul this season. Those people at the top, and and they're fast, and they're slowly but surely losing the supporters because they've had enough. They really have they- had enough. There's been a case, of, I think, definitely the argument that, that there's been too long of the same thing, and you know, the, you know, the old saying of the falling asleep behind the wheel and all that. But I think literally it has went stale, and I think complacency has crept in, and I think you know, being taken for granted, supporters just shelling out big money ever since you know they, they brought in Brendan Rodgers. But what they tried to do was they thought that season tickets were going to be bought based on Rangers re-arriving in the league as much as they were. You know, but what they're, what, they're, what they're failing to realise is that it was actually, you know, the fact that, that Brendan Rodgers was in charge, a big manager, and we'd seen huge investment from the board that matched our ambitions that got that tickled us. That's what got everyone's fancy. Um, and I think, you know, going forward, you know, if you, you look at the downgrade that was made in the management, and it was a downgrade from £9 million compensation, we spent buttons on the next manager because of this complacency I'm talking about, because of this taking it for granted that we'll 
we'll, we'll put that compo money away in our kitty and we'll still get all the season tickets because it's now, before you know it, nine in a row, ten in a row seasons and no one wants to miss that. Well, now the ten in a row came off, the, you know, the wheels have came off. There's still no manager there. And as Kev right, rightfully says, renewals would normally be out by now already. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. What are you going to do? Over to you, Celtic, I say. The irony was they lost on any of the fans either that... On a day like Saturday, a former manager was winning the FA Cup for Leicester for the first time we in the history. That. We that you know, a man, so a man that was basically chased from a football club, I, and a man who hugged the owner because the owner gets it, and that's that's a a, a board and a, a manager working in perfect harmony because he said to him, "I trust you implicitly. You can take my club to dizzy heights." And Brendan has because he was. Arguably the best manager we'd had since Steen O'Neill, whatever way you want to yep. say it. Yep. You know, so and we had him there, and he wouldn't, and he would have stayed if they just matched his ambition. I know it's easy to say, oh, they've got millions in the English Premier League, but he's doing the same thing. He's just managing footballers. He's making good players better. He's been successful. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And it, it hurts. And you watch that, and only the most hard-hearted of Celtic supporters would have grudged Leicester that on Saturday. I'd, I'd, I'd probably a lot of them cheered when your man scored because I certainly wish him well uh, yeah. you know and, and it's hard to watch that that you had that man and you let him slip through your fingers they should be ashamed when they've seen that I mean see when you see him lifting that trophy walking about does this look familiar to you that's the only thought you could think does this not look familiar yeah. and, and, and I mean and when he's doing that that quickly what he's done at Leicester as well bear in mind they're about to finish top four and they're not yeah. part of the, the supposed oh. big six. And they certainly don't have the budget of a lot of those teams as well. So when it comes to the spending money thing either, yes, he wanted to spend the most money in Scotland. But he'd also generated the most money. We turned over £100 million twice. How can we? He left us every tool in the toolbox to go and win the 10. And the only reason he was leaving is because his nose had been put out of joint that summer. Ironically... There was apparently some people were saying on Twitter there was three players that could have been playing for Celtic that played for Leicester at the weekend. Yeah. I certainly could think of Castagne. I wasn't sure of the other ones, but that just, I mean, frustrates you even further because such as, see when you get an elite manager, why is this annoying you that he's right all the time? Why would it be annoying you? Why would this be something that's, oh, well, why don't we sign someone that he's never heard of just to rock the boat a bit? Why, why, well, he wants to get Castagne for... Nine million pounds. We're not going to pay that. We'll, we want to get John McGinn. We're not going to pay that. Castagne. That's how much Rogers was convinced of him. 
He then went and paid twenty-two million to bring him to Leicester, and we wouldn't pay nine a year before or two eighteen months before. So that tells you this man when he's telling you a player, he knows it's a player. Look at the trophies. This was it was so in your face easy. And then if you have fell out with him and he has maybe made noises to go to China and he's maybe you don't think his heart's in it. And maybe in December you thought he would have went if that tragedy never happened at, at Leicester Football Club. Um, if you thought he would have left then, fair enough, but you then get £9 million. Mm. How do you spend that £9 million? How do you spend it? It should surely be, It's I think it's the sixth or seventh highest amount of compensation in the world paid for a manager. Still, yep. right? Which is mind-boggling. We're not asking you to even spend all nine million of it on the next managerial team, but by gosh, uh, the, the you know the the, the vast majority said that you there, Kevin flabbergasted. By gosh, <laughs> but the vast majority should be spent should be spent on the next managerial team to maintain those standards and to get the ten done and to keep uh, getting back into the Champions League. Instead, we spent buttons, we spent rice. And we got complacent. And I think now everything that we do reeks of that complacency. Well, going no, back, it's going back to initials, that's what happens when a CEO becomes a DOF. Mm. <laughs> that's it. And he's not an MVP at that, you know what I mean? No, so. no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. I, I want to go, Russell, you mentioned when uh, Brendan Rodgers turned up, they stuck 50 quid on the season books that season. Mm-hmm. They stuck 50 quid in the season book knowing that they were going to sell 20,000 more. And I yep. also reckon that they stuck 20, uh, 50 quid on the season books because it suits their old firm business plan. Absolutely. That's what they They stuck £50 on it, changed the terms and conditions and charged individual price tickets for the, the, the old firm games. I'm calling them old firm games because that's what the board want, not, want us to call them. Uh, they, they, they started changing. They started charging forty nine quid for a ticket for those individual games. It's part of the business model. They realised, but when thirteen thousand turned up to wave to them, oh, they're in. We've got them. Hook, line, mm-hmm. and sinker. Thirteen thousand turned up to wave to a man waving a scarf above his head. From that moment on, the Celtic supporters were locked in. They, they, they were buying what Brendan Rodgers was selling, not what the board was selling. And that's why they, they took these steps, like 49 quid for individual games, 50 quid onto the season ticket price, because they knew the fans were hand over fist. It was like when Fergus said, you're going to pay 625 quid a share, oversubscribed. Right? It's just like, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Because it it for the betterment of Celtic Football Club. And if you do things for the betterment of Celtic Football Club, Kevin, as you said, goodwill... Celtic fans will oversubscribe. But see if you don't give them value for money. No, no, that's not the way it works. We're not sheep, eh? We just didn't bow to the, the establishment. We just don't bow to our rulers' uh, word and bl- and blindly follow them. We actually do question stuff because it's in our DNA. Absolutely. It's in our DNA. And I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, David Kelly's came back in. Uh, they changed the terms and conditions before they went on sale. We are a PLC. They are done. They have. They have done the right thing for the shareholders because they have to. Well, I think that's wrong. We shouldn't do the right thing for the shareholders. We should do the right thing for the supporters. We're absolutely a football club. We're an FC. We, we are a football club. You have a look this season 
at fan power, fan power in the last couple of weeks with the European Super League. Fans got that changed. And Don Mackay actually mentioned this in the fans forum when he says, he went, ah, you have a look at the European Super League. When any changes are getting made, we have to we have to bear in mind uh, historical locales that teams are playing in. So for me, that put a kibosh in the British Super League as well. But fans can actually make a change. Now, one of the things that was brought up was the refunds from the end of the nine in a row season, which was, I think, you got a hundred or quid back for the, the, the home games that you had actually missed. It was mentioned, and it was all, also like, it was nearly spat out, I well, 30,000 took those refunds. But what they failed to actually mention was 30,000 took those refunds when the board stopped wasn't theirs. When the, when the Celtic support actually realised that the only way to get this board to actually listen to us, this executive committee to actually listen to us, was to stop money. And yep. that's, that's, only, that's, only, that's only currency that they understand. That's only language that they understand. Sorry, Tony. I think, you know, you find yourself in this position because of penny pinching. This is what leads to then you being cagey about being able to ring fence such amounts like £3 million or, or £5.3 million, whatever it was you said. You know, you're worried about that, or 106 I think, if it had been 200 each. I mean, you're worrying about that because you made the business that was a machine, a well-oiled Celtic machine that was turning over £100 million a year, qualification to the Champions League, perfect manager. As Tony just says, you're getting 13,000 fans outside because everyone's bought in. Surely, if you your business... As you say, your eyes light up if you're the businessman because you're going, everyone's bought and they're going to buy more shirts this year than ever. All the season tickets will be gone in seconds. Look at this. Why on earth would you not then, if you fell out with that current incumbent, right, in Roger's case, and you know he's going, why would you not try and repeat that trick again and try and make that sort of money again instead of trying to scrape? And that is complacency. And what that's ended up doing, right, is now making things like when the pandemic hits, us more vulnerable than what we should have been to the, and I get that it's obviously completely unparalleled what's happened and unprecedented and all that. I do get that, but for me, Celtic still had one, two. That's three years now in a row we've not qualified for the Champions League. But think about that extra ninety-five, one hundred and five million pounds that could have been something like that that could have helped us being able to go. What is it you are after here with the Adi discount? That's for mid-season, by the way, not at the end of the season. And then if it is a £200 discount each, don't worry about it. Because we're a progressive club that rakes in big money. But instead, their penny-pinching razors came back to bite them on the backside. Where's the harm in 30,000 people taking that money? I think it's shameful that they bring that up. And then guilt trip you into saying, well, if you don't give us your money this season, you're not going to get players. Exactly. It's just shameful display. At the meeting, Kevin, as you say, pointing the finger. Well, if we don't challenge, it's your fault. This is on you, yeah. Ah, this is on you. This is on you, aye. Spinning it right round and guilt tripping you into going, oh, oh, I better, oh God, I better. You know, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Where, where was the care and the due diligence from you guys last season, the planning, meticulous planning to bring home the title in a season that mattered to everybody? It was in absentia. You know, you, you fell asleep at the wheel and all of a sudden it's it's the Celtic supporters' fault. Yeah. <laughs> I beg to differ. 
And if 300,000 want to take that refund, good on them, actually. I wish more of them would have taken that, the refund. See, 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 in the last couple of weeks, that's becoming more and more apparent. It's a wee message is getting dripped fed through. Yeah. It's the fans' fault. It's all the fans' fault. How is it our fault? It's not our fault. We didn't, it, buy, we didn't buy Barkas, we didn't buy Ayeti. We, we, we were telling you three seasons ago that they fall asleep at the wheel yeah. because we could see this coming. So how is it the fans' fault? The fans have stepped up to the plate constantly and fired in money. Every time. That, that's what we've done. And we've got no goodwill from the Celtic, Celtic PLC at all. And that narrative of being entitled has crept in. You're starting to see it more and more. There are yes. a shower of entitled fans. This, you know, drip feeding of that poisonous word, entitled. Never been entitled, never felt entitled. Like winning, it's a big difference. But except what we can't win all the time. But th- this club, as Russell was said, was in such a position of strength that it, it, it does flabbergast you. And it's unfathomable how they've, they've gone, it's just gone belly up in less than 12 months. But it's, Flabber, our, it's our fault. Flabber, they didn't read one CV when they appointed Neil Lennon. They just had a, they had a draw pool. And that's, you know, you've got to look back at that and go, see, even to say that, that reeks of complacency. Even if it, I'm, I'm guessing that they did look at CVs, I mean, surely they must have. But see, to just be saying Vlasy comments like that gives you a wee insight as to whose fault this mess is. But it's not the fans' fault, is it? The fans weren't saying no. that. The fans weren't arrogant or, or complacent. We, we signed, roadmapping it and signing it all the way through, as Kevin said. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and because they know better and they never listen to us, they're in the state they're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Fully 100%. Paul here comes into the comments. I know Paul, I hope Paul's doing well. Kev, I took the refund because I had three Adidas strips to buy. It was a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Eh? That's a, I wonder how many folk did take the refund and went and spent it on Celtic gear anyway. It's, totally. What I'm actually saying is I understand that they've got a duty to the PLC and, and, and all of that, but I didn't want them. I've, everybody knows my fault, my what I would actually say to Don McKay, I want, I want the sponsorless kits, I want £10 tickets, I want a complete and utterly... I want Celtic, what Brother Walford wanted Celtic to actually be. I don't want to be... Uh, I don't want to be at the, at the mercy of a PLC or anything like that. What I want Celtic to do is to show, that, show the support a bit of goodwill for all the money that we've put into the club and offer us a discount this season. That's it. Whether you take it or not is up to you. I don't care. I don't care. I just want the club to do the right thing and offer it. But what I've actually seen, the only people that are entitled within the whole Celtic family, I'll use the Celtic family word, which was used in that meeting, <laughs> the, only people, the only people that are entitled in the whole Celtic family are those sitting, sitting in Celtic Park, are those in executive positions and their roles in the PLC because they think they're entitled to think we're just going to roll over and get our tummies tickled and they're wrong and their pals can afford six season tickets (laughs) he's on it eh? (laughs) well well, 
what, what, you know something? This is only place that'll allow me to spout rubbish. Eh? It's quality rubbish, though. There's a difference, you know. What I mean, it's quality rubbish. You know what I mean? I've actually, I've actually just got a text message from my dad, right? And he says, "I'm not watching you because the pubs are open." So <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so hey, fair play to him. It's his Brilliant. first pint. It's his first pint that he can go for in six months. So, like, yeah, good on him. Good, good, on, good him. on him. Good on him. Right. I suppose after um, I must admit, Mark came in and says, "Oh, Bango's next season's media passes to Celtic. It'll only be my media pass that will disappear, Mark. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about that. Um, let's go to have a look back on Saturday's non-event." which was a complete non-event. And uh, have a wee look back at Lenny's time in 10 games in charge of Celtic. I must admit, when I saw the team selection on Saturday, Russell, what did you think when you saw his team selection? I, I think, the you know, I, for me, I feel like there's a wee bit of self-preservation. I think Kennedy's got aspirations to be a manager. And I think he was desperate to try and get that win percentage of his up because it wasn't at a particularly great level since he took a link. It was four wins out of nine. So you're obviously you're going to be wanting to have at least a 50% win record when you leave. And he's thinking by sticking with it. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. How can you call them tried and trusted after this season? But the tried and trusted, that, that was the best way to get a result. I think when you look at it from a Celtic point of view, you were really hoping to see some more fresh blood in that team. Caramel Kudembele comes on, scores, still doesn't get a start in the last day of a dead season. Do you know what I mean? I just think that's... What What? What could be the other reasoning for that? What are we worried about? What, what's he got come up, coming after that? Nothing. It was a complete free hit to play someone like that and reward them for scoring uh, midweek as well. And I just thought the team lineup was dull. The team's been dull since Kennedy took over and and yeah, just boring, boring, boring and at least it's all over now. <laughs> Kevin, you gave me the stats before. What was it? Four wins? Four wins, four draws, two defeats. Two defeats, aye. Four, four, two. Mm-hmm. Formation he never played. <laughs> basically, or, or if he did, uh, he was kidding us all on. Uh, I used a word after the recovery, Baufin. I said, absolutely Baufin. And it was Baufin from the moment you saw the team and then you watched the game and all your thoughts about it or how you thought it would go came true. I mean, just a dreadful way to finish a dreadful season. And the Karamoko Dumbelli debate, it's just, it's, 
it really is. It, it, it beggars belief why I never unleashed a youngster like that and let him, give him the freedom of Easter Road and say, go and express yourself. Go and have fun. Go and put a smile on the Celtic supporters' faces. Yeah. Give them some hope, something to look forward to for the next season and for the new manager coming in to maybe say, you're a player, we can work with you, you know, something, but nah. What does he do? A bland formation. Remember bland. we did it Remember we did it with uh, Aidan McGeady? Yep. Played him at Tynecastle, I think it was, the last day of the season. I think he was, I think he was 16, 17. And Martin O'Neill played him last day of the season at Tynecastle. Scored within 20 minutes. We all know what McGeady then went on to become after yep. that. It was yep. a free hit. Okay, yep. won the league, I think, that year. No, lost it. But <laughs> the difference is, it, these free hits, these guys need their chance. And they need to be rewarded when they're doing well. And they O'Neill, need to get that experience. O'Neill did it with Maloney as well at Ibrox, didn't he? Brought him mm-hmm. on and he looked good. And That's ne- right. Neil Lennon did it with Forrest, who scored against Motherwell the last game of the season. Is that right? Mm, first time, maybe. first time round, I believe. Uh-huh. You know, uh, guys like that. So there is no harm. It's a win-win. Because if Carol Mokey go, Dembele goes on to shine, then you get a wee lift from that, don't you? There's a yeah, feel-good factor, and you you sort of see, do you know what? A new manager coming in can look at him and say. We man, you've got a big part to play well, here, and you know you, you think you're a player, and trust them. So, but we got nothing. I think what you've got to actually have a look at as well. Celtic are getting a lot of flack for the Lowland League, They're putting a Colts team in the Lowland League, and we've we've had ten games basically, or eight games since the, the league's been lost to basically blood as many youngsters as we can. <laughs> and, and we talk about not giving youngsters opportunities and we've had 10 games ago, well the pressure's off, on you go. See see how we can go. See, see, see how he's get on. You look at uh, Montgomery on, on uh, the game against St. Johnson. Played well for 60 minutes. I can understand how his, his fitness dropped after 60, 60 minutes because sure. these lads haven't played football for almost a year. The competitive football for almost a year. Then he gets, what was it, 12 minutes on on Saturday? Then Bailey as well would have had the same physical problem as what Montgomery would have had, but he should have started. We started a team once again with no word at, at Easter Road, and that was a big problem. We were trying to go through a packed Hibs defence, who, who I mean, Hibs forced, forced us into the middle, but when we play that diamond, everything is very narrow. If your two fullbacks are are not going to give you any word, which John Joe Kenny, nobody really knows what he's gave us for the for the, the number of games that he played, and uh, we all know that maybe going forward is Greg, maybe not Greg Taylor's natural game, but he gives it a go. He, he does give it a go. But it's just, for for me, this has been a missed opportunity. A missed opportunity to give us some sort of feel-good factor going into next season that he could have played a lot of these youngsters for us to actually make rash decisions on. Because we all love to make a rash decision on a youngster. <laughs> well, well, I mean, look, O'Connell's playing really well at Queen's Park. You know, so... Well, this is a guy that played games for Bolton, you know, in the second tier in England. So yeah. I think a lot of Celtic fans might have wanted to see what Luke O'Connell could bring to the table because I think he played once and people were saying, oh, he's got an eye for a pass or a decent, you know, he showed up well. And I know, as you say, it was a pre season game, so rash, rash judgments are go go. But I think people want him to see what he can bring to the table because he has gone there 
and myself and Russell were talking about this. He's, he's taken Queen's Park loan move seriously. He's showed up when he's been a star. Mm-hmm. So I think you reward that and you say, we'll come back and we'll see, give you a game, you know, because you have, you've dedicated yourself to your craft over yes. these past few weeks and you've not gone there and mucked about and no, no be bothered because it's Queen's Park. You've, you've showed Celtic true professionalism there. So there's a wee reward. Go and play in the first team and see if you can cement your place for next season. It's the same with a guy who went to Clyde as well. The Clyde fans have been, I can't remember his name, but the Clyde fans have been raving about the big fella that went to Clyde, uh, played centre-half for them. Uh, the Dunfermline fans were well impressed with Ewan Henderson when they went there. I mean, these guys have put their hands up and went out on loan. Maybe Luke O'Connell will, will be going, ah, I shouldn't be playing this level of football. But the guy's been desperate and went out there. Yeah. Uh, you and Otto is the guy that was at Clyde. Yeah, Otto. O- o- e- 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 Otto, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, you, you've got the guy at Tranmere as well, the, the, the boy O'Connor at Tranmere. These guys have went out on loan to play football. And I think that's got to bode well for them next season because and they've, taken it, and they've taken it seriously Kev aye they've got to take it seriously if they don't take it seriously you see some guys who go and loan and, and I think don't try a leg yeah aye because you think they're better than that mm-hmm. right as I get the look of Connor probably knows he's better than Queen's Park but that's not the point he has gone there and he has shone and, and he's did really well. And I think a, a wee reward for him would have been to bring him back and give him a couple of first-team games because you're in a win-win situation there completely. He, he would have been able to come back and play the final game of the season because uh, Queen's Park season was finished. Yeah. So he, he, could, he could have came back. And we have a lot of these young project players who Eddie Howe, when he's eventually announced, everybody starts with a clean slate. And a lot of people, a lot of people who are like throwing these guys underneath Russell's many buses, <laughs> might need to might, might might need to actually reverse what they're actually thinking because some of these guys might come in and press a living daylight sort of how in his backroom team, which it didn't they take the A team as long to actually set up this backroom team. But that's that'd be good management then, won't it, Kevin? If Eddie Howe can come in and make these good players better. Mm-hmm. A bit like what Brendan Rodgers did with some of his own staff, the players that he had at his disposal, Absolutely. made them better, right? So when Eddie Howe walks in, one of the first questions will be, he'll say, what have I got at my disposal? And then we spoke about the other pod, what's available in this country? And then you look at maybe other players from other clubs, the ones that were pinpointed, and then he'll know a whole raft of players from working in the EPL. So you fuse all that together, and hopefully there's some semblance of a plan and a team starts to emerge. But you can't just walk in and just say, right, discard that lot. Discard what's you know in front of your own nose or under your own nose. You have to at least give them a chance. You know, because Brendan Rodgers get the best out of Scott Brown. He get the best out of James Forrest. You know, guys that were there and people were saying, oh, you know, they might be out the door. Mm-hmm. You know, and... So it's all down to good management, and if it is Eddie Howe, stroke John Hughes, then hopefully, uh, <laughs> then <laughs> hopefully, Jack Ross, no, Jack Ross. Jack, <laughs> for, for, forward slash Roy Keane, forward slash Rafa, forward slash yeah, per many one from Hunters, right? You know what I mean? But so, yeah, so that's what we need to come in and cast our eye over everything. 
everything, the whole football project. See, the, see the per- the, you talk about the, the transfer strategy, right? And the, the person of interest, that's one of your catch <laughs> as well, Tony, right? Was, so I was thinking, I was reading about him, he got an article in one of the one of the one of the papers this week this weekend. So just to be Monday Club curveball right at the end, why not? Uh, I think especially if his team were to be relegated, Ryan Gold has got to be someone we look at now. Of course, just, of course. But I mean if you're if you're scouting network or you've got any scout network, you'll see that. I mean you, you but you're not the only one interested in Ryan Gold, but you know if you if he wants to come home and Ryan Gold was one of these players that was desperate to go away. I know. And enhance his football education. Yeah. You know, and, and expand his mind. You know, so if you can entice Ryan Gold to come home, then there's a, it's a no, of course it's a no-brainer. Because he's shown up superbly well. Yeah. But you you and I knew he was a player at Dundee United. No, I I know that, but I kind of, I'll be honest, I'd kind of forgotten about him. It was quite nice to to read about, you know, I think it was nine goals, nine assists in the in the, the Portuguese Premier League. I was going to try and pronounce it in Portuguese there. <laughs> I thought uh, better of it. But I think uh, players like that, if they were to be relegated especially, you know, I'll <laughs> tell you a great story. I was in pre-season with Motherwell in Portugal and I got a phone call from my desk and I was miles away from Lisbon and I had to go the day Ryan Gold signed for Sport in Lisbon and I had to, I'm talking planes, trains and automobiles to get to <laughs> Lisbon, right? And uh, I was told you will get nowhere near the ground or the stadium so I get booked into a hotel in Lisbon and on the way there I thought, okay, I need to write something. I got a hold of Eric Dyer's dad and Eric Dyer yeah. said, if Ryan Gold wants to be a success in Portugal, learn the lingo. I thought, that's brilliant. That's great stuff, right? So he says, ingratiate yourself into the culture. You know, do everything you can. Become Portuguese, right? I thought, great. So I phoned my desk. I said, oh, I've just spoke to Eric Dyer's dad. And they're like, who's he? And I'm like, Eric Dyer plays for England and Spurs. He's old man, he's played tennis. I said, he's played at Wimbledon back in the day, right? And they're like... Oh, yeah, whatever. Have you not got Ryan Gold yet? And I'm on this ramshackle train. <laughs> He's like <laughs> roasting hot. And I was just like, what's going on? Where am I going? So I get to Lisbon and then I get up in the morning at half six. I go to the training ground and there's a guy standing outside, watches the taxi go in. And he's just like, he's looking at his watch and he was looking at his watch because 20 minutes later, there's me being manhandled <laughs> and guys shouting Portuguese. Flabbergasted, I think was the word. <laughs> 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 and I get absolutely, honestly, they were going to kill me, right? They were going to batter me. And I looked and the guy says to me, Scottish? I went, yeah. And he went, are you Tony? I was like, I'm Victor. <laughs> I was like, my Portuguese contact that I phoned for Scotland. He's like, I knew you would get flung out. That's why I was looking at my watch. I <laughs> see how long it would take them. <laughs> it's like, honestly, priceless. Tony, can can I ask what made you contact Eric Dyer's dad? Where did, where, where did that train of thought well, come into it? He played well, for Sport I, Lisbon. I, Eric Dyer played for Sport in Lisbon at the time. Did it? So, right, 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 so, right. so I was trying to get Eric Dyer, but Sport in Lisbon are worse than Celtic in terms of paranoia. They don't like you speak to their players. So my pal said, look, here's Eric Dyer's dad's number. He maybe give you Eric Dyer's number and you can do a bit. And I was like, oh, brilliant. And Eric, ah. Dyer's dad, Eric Dyer's dad was like, 
Tony, you'll get nowhere near. And he was saying to me, I advise you not to go to the training ground tomorrow morning because they'll kick absolute lumps at you <laughs> <laughs> and kick you, put you in the place. And I was like, I'm giving it, ah, it's be all right, you know what I mean? And I was up there giving it, Tony Haggerty, Daily Record, is Scotia, is Scotia. Guys, bang. Here's Portuguese for a dalian. <laughs> the taxi driver was like, whoa, 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 leave him alone type thing, you know. I was just like, oh, honestly, it was like bedlam, you know, you know the dust clouds and all that are thing, you know. And, and he's like, look, he says, Tony, you need to go. These guys are getting threatening, they're getting serious, you know. And I was like, all right, fine, you know, but I am giving it to Scotia. <laughs> random words. I think that's a brilliant story to end on for today. It's a, it's a bit light-hearted at the end of a, a quite a dark season, really. So I want to thank everybody for getting involved. I want to thank Tony for that superb story there. Uh, Boise, Boise for... Oh, I've actually noticed you're in feel of the day, Boise. What's well, I know, I know we're at the end of a cycle, mate. So uh, <laughs> there was another Adidas track you talked, right? Now, we've been talking about political movements and all that, so I thought better of wearing it, especially <laughs> after George Square the other day, but it was a Russia one. <laughs> and it has, like, blue sleeves and it's white, and I thought, no the day, boys. <laughs> so I've opted for the old B-sides, mate, so I went for a few of today, but we are pretty much at the end of a cycle. I had a Mexico one because um, I was speaking to JP. Hugo Sanchez. Bought, uh, JP's bought a new Mexico one. So I've got an old Mexico. It must be my mum somewhere. So I'm going to dig that out and wear that in honour of JP's new Adidas sippy. But I feel it today. Apologies to my sponsors, Adidas, for letting them down. Uh, I always remember Mexico 86, Tony, I remember that as well, like Hugo yeah. Sanchez. Oh, I uh, Negrete and all that. Aye, yeah, oh, yeah. The first oh, time, the noise that they made in the Azteca, the, 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 the Mexico, superb. Right, that's us for the day, that's a Monday club over. Uh, and yeah. see, me and Russell will see you tomorrow night at half past six for a Scott Brown special, Screamer Selica. Yes. Uh, and um, we'll see you next Monday. Hail, hail. Keep calm and. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Just <Cheers>, Kev. <laughs> see you later. See you later. Report. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.